thank you very much for listening to this podcast. This is Al Madrigal with the All Things Comedy Network. We built a great studio here, and now we want to equip it with better equipment. We're going to always have this place available for the comedians to use for free, but we need your support. So if you can go to TubeStart.com, we're in the home stretch of our annual fundraiser. Please buy a mug, buy a T-shirt. T-shirt we just made is actually cool and wearable. So please continue to support this podcast by supporting All Things Comedy. Thank you very much for your support. AllThingsComedy.com, TubeStart.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to My Dumb Friends. I, I say this sincerely. This is the most excited I've ever had. I, I've been to have a guest on. Really? really? Yeah, absolutely. And of all the guests? Well, besides the ones I tried to hit on afterwards, yeah. without a doubt. Don't say I'm that in credulous. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Sean's like, we've had some pretty big people on here. What are you talking about? It's like a really nice moment. And your voice went up three I was just fucking around. Yeah, yeah. Son of a bitch. All right, I'm sorry, I'm the sorry. legendary I... Greg Fitzsimmons, there everybody. That's what you want. There it is. There. <laughs> uh, no, I'm so glad you could do the show, man. My like pleasure. I, was, I said this on your show that like your half hour was like one of the like half hours that made me realize that I like stand up when you had the letter from the principal and then right. I don't know if it's the same bit on when you were trying to be gay and then you push the guy and I, I don't know if that's the same special. Did I... You were thinking about being like yeah, you sorry, go to the that woods and you were drunk and then a guy popped no, out of the woods. No, that was the second one. That was the second one. Okay, right, right. all right, I got that confused. <laughs> yeah. but... the half hour shit, day man. is the sprint. Those are the sprints. That's when you're young and hungry <laughs> and like you do so many sets that like your first half hour special is just like bam, 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 bam. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. all of a sudden you see people get hours and they've been in L.A. you know on a sitcom or yeah. auditioning and they're not really hitting the road. Yeah. And then they do an hour, and like I just saw somebody's hour, and it was like, dude, you are stretching. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of laughs. There's a lot of like, you know, a lot of lollygagging around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's my opinion on something. Okay, that's called a setup. <laughs> <laughs> now you're starting another setup, but there wasn't really a punchline of the first one. Well, I think it's really hard here because, like, you know, I was just at, I was at UCB last week. There is less spots here. Yeah, overall, but, uh, I just yeah. I did I record Conan last Monday, and uh, oh, after I got oh thanks, it was really fun. Um, and uh, and after I did it, I went to I had a late show at UCB or something. I'm like, you know, thank God, I'm just gonna fuck around. No A, you know, I don't care if I bomb. I just gotta get the new shit out. But you there. can't do that here, right? But then I go in. I did some new stuff, but I saw that like. At the 8 o'clock show, right before me, Bart Coleman's there, who books Seth Meyers in at midnight. And I'm like, you just can't fucking have yeah. fun, like, yeah. ever, and try new shit out. Yeah, you got to go on the road. I uh, yeah, I do my new shit on the road. You know, I do an hour, and I'll do mm. 20 minutes of new shit during that hour. But when I'm yeah. in L.A., I usually take that 20 minutes, and it's it has to have been done X number of times before, before I start you doing tried it here. in L.A. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, because, you know— when you're on the road, it's easier to write because, say, like I was just in Pittsburgh and I did two shows Friday, two shows Oh, you Saturday. were at the Improv there, right? Right. It's a great club. It's a great club, and also you know the room. By the end of the first set, you know the what it feels like, what the sound's like. Right. The crowds are roughly the same, so you can gauge your material and you can focus on the nuances of what a word that you changed or whatever. Yeah. Whereas if you're in L.A., you're doing a 12-minute set and... You know, you're following somebody who's high energy or somebody who bombed and, you know, they're 
there's people that are there because they want to see Bob Odenkirk, not you. And yeah. so you're making all these adjustments that by the time you're adjusted, it's yeah. time to get off the stage. Right. There's no time. Yeah. So you yeah. can't really gauge uh, new material. I think you got to do it on the road. On the yeah. road. Well, you just I'm do that this weekend. We do something on the road that's absolutely brand new, or would it have to be tested somewhere before? Oh, no. Brand new. Brand new. Because I feel like. You know, I've been doing it 25 years. Yeah. I can get them. I know I can get them yeah. in the first 10 minutes, and I know I can close in the last 10, 15 minutes. So whatever's in between is in between fun to play is, around. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is stuff that's in process. You right. know, that's, yeah. that's maybe you've been doing it for three months or six months, and, and then you got stuff that's brand new. There's always, like, that that piece of pocket, that piece of paper in my back pocket that's got bullet points on it. You know, yeah, you got yeah. a full page of bullet points. And, and at any given point, you're, you're pulling – uh, a couple things off of that and then between shows looking at it and going like all right which ones did I do which didn't I do recording everything listening to the recording the next day and then by the end of you know say you do three weekends in a row like that you've now you've got like 15 minutes that's got transitions it's tight that you've, yeah. you've you've tried to like you know step it out a little bit see if there's more to it than you first had yeah and go like wow that's a premise that was good but I got one joke and I'm out there's more there yeah, so yeah. you you try to spin off of that and so that to me is like the thing that keeps me doing it. And that like, comes off of experience. I feel like over the years, I mean, how much has your process changed? Has um, it always been the same like that, you think? I think that what helped me a lot actually is, um, you know, I was in Boston the first whatever, however many years. And then when I was in New York, the the, the alternative scene kind of started with uh, Largo downtown. Yeah, right. Or Luna, Luna, Luna Lounge. yeah. And I started going there when there wasn't really a thing. That wasn't a thing to do alternative comedy. It was just a room where there was this different feeling where you could talk and you could storytell more. And I think that really changed my confidence in not having to get a certain number of laughs per minute. Mm -hmm. And I think that that stayed with me in terms of uh, being on the road and, uh, and, and, and not, not living and dying by each laugh. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I still feel like I live and die. I every... so do I. I uh, feel like I have what I have to do, and I have the same kind of thing where it's like I know I can open, go well, and close go well. And in the middle, I'm like, yeah, trying to work on some stuff. But but I feel like if I'm like you said, the minute left per minute and all that kind of stuff. If I have that in my head the whole time, right? You know, yeah. Yeah. have you ever? Because you you you're very similar to me, and like sometimes uh, you get pissed off on stage and shit. well, not on stage, but off stage or whatever, right? You're showing me that video of like, you with that serious guy. Right. Like on your show where you just well, checked that? that dude. It was on Sirius Radio. Can we talk about that? Sure. Or no? Yeah, it was on Sirius. <laughs> There's some guy who was like acting like a dick and then just. He's the owner of the It studio. was like almost like fucking Kung Fu or Greg, like takes off his glass. You don't even see him take him off the glass and you just sock him. <laughs> oh, right really? In the face. Yeah, well, I swung at him and they it was blocked. But uh, yeah, I have a very bad temper. and But I, I, I it comes out on stage, I think. Less so now than it used to. I used to what, really. Oh, really? Pissed. Like, what do you think when you were on stage where you like you said something or you flipped out and you like as soon as you did it, you're like, I should not have fucking do that. I like when you were starting or anything like that. I guess not now because you know how to you know, get it back. I think it still happens because you get cocky. You know, you could be like, I did this show in uh, Minneapolis and I was I had done an hour and it was like this magic fucking crowd. You know, yeah, you, just, yeah. you, you know, like an hour went like that. Yeah. And then I, uh, and then some woman heckled me, and I went at her, but like I went too hard. Wait, what did you say? Too I don't mean, even remember. Too quick? It was just, you know, there's that line where the the audience has to choose whether they're with you or with the heckler, and you got to remember, like the heckler is an audience member. It's they're on the home team. So yeah. if you cross that line, then 
all of a sudden, and I did, and the crowd all of a sudden started moaning at what I said, and I got pissed. I was like, fuck you guys. I just did an hour, and now you're, now you're right. on her side? And so I proceeded to try to walk the room for like 15 minutes. I just did like 9-11 and abortion. And people were just walking out, walking out, saying goodbye to them as they left. And then finally it was down to like, the room was like half full, and then I went, all right, you guys, you guys made it. And then I did like another 15 minutes of, you know, old stuff. Yeah, yeah. To to reward them. <laughs> reward for sitting reward through that. Of what they've got. They were through. lab animals. But you gotta you can't get too cocky that you've got them. You know, it doesn't matter how long you've been on stage or how much you've been crushing, you can lose them very fast. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially when you go, like you said, you went too mean you went too mean with it. It's too right? mean. Yeah. And then you they're like, no, that's one of us. And they fucking <laughs> <I, laughs> But then there's also happens where you can get them to against the if the person's being a real asshole, you can get them right. on this on your on your side well, against the person. That's why I always tell young comics: let them talk. Just yeah. repeat what they give say. Them the yeah. give, give them the rope. Give them the rope. Yeah. And just, yeah. As long as you look confident, as long as you look like you have something that you you got a hammer that you're waiting to drop. Yeah, Just yeah. look like that and listen and repeat, and eventually the whole crowd wants you. And then you don't even have to hit them that hard, and the crowd yeah. goes fucking crazy. They love it. Yeah. Um, here's something I was like, cause I, uh, you, you wrote for four years on Ellen, right? No, two years. You were over two years on Ellen, because it said you had like four Emmys from it or yeah, something. Yeah, well, but... I was a producer as well as a writer, so I got, when the show would win for best show, I'd get yeah. a, an Emmy for that, and then also for the writing. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, when you're, when you're like pitching, this is like, because I hear there's a lot of people, when people are pitching, like, you know, when they're writing for somebody who's like that fucking big you know what i mean and like somebody will be in the writing room for the first day and they'll pitch a joke they'll be like hey what did it, what, how about this and it's a joke that has a sweater in it and then all of a sudden it'll be silent right. be like she hates fucking yeah. jokes about yeah. sweaters oh, have really? you had that in the room where you're pitching something and then have you're like this was not the fucking thing to pitch yeah at this moment yeah i don't know if you could talk about it or not well i don't know on that show in particular but yeah there's definitely been Moments in a writer's room where, especially um, animals. Yeah. I remember once doing a joke about an animal, and she's such an animal lover, and it totally chilled the room. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, wow. And, what was and the is joke? She in the room at no, this point? I don't remember. Is she in the room with you? Yeah, we would uh, go in her office yeah. in the morning for a couple hours and just, you know, write and uh, and just bullshit. And, yeah. But I've had that on, um, you know, in a lot of, like, I, I've written on a lot of black shows. Yeah. Um, like literally probably like six black shows I've written on. And obviously there's a line there because the black guys are all talking one way and then the white guys there's a line that you can't cross. Yeah. The white line and I've crossed <laughs> it. I've definitely crossed oh, it. Oh really? Yeah, they used to call me Mr. Magoo on this Jamie Foxx show I worked on because I would just blindly walk into saying something <laughs> that I should have said. What did like, what did you, what did you say? Um I remember at one point I said the word, um, it was a slave-related word. Um, I can't remember what it was. Like Massa or something like that? We all no, just start saying like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's go I just with, said uh, Massa really yeah. softly. Slave like... words for 50. Um, there, there was like, uh, whatever it was, I said it, and it was clearly a word that black people have a real thing about. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't think twice about, and, and it was like, yeah, things got... Things got uncomfortable for a while. What do they have to like educate you in the room? Oh, I get you're and constantly the history? educated. No, oh, that's the man. cool thing about writing on a show because I've written on Latino shows, gay shows, lesbian shows, um, and you you get into that. You become 
the minority, which is kind of a cool experience to have in life, is to suddenly be the one that has to, um, you know, fit in and and be the and be the one that's yeah. like I gotta I gotta fit in with their way yeah. instead of me being the dominant straight white man. Yeah, that's one of the. So I, it's kind of cool in a way. I think it's a real gift to get in life to have to be in that position. And you know, when the star of the show is black and the writers are black and you're white, it's like. You know, you can't mail it in the way you can on an all-white show because you can. Yeah. I mean, I've, ta- I've been on a lot. Like, I wrote on uh, Bill Maher's show, Politically Incorrect, and it was all smart, white, straight men. Yeah. And you got to where it was just about grossing out the room or being hardcore, yeah. and you were, you were accepted for it. Right. And then, uh, you know, and, and I don't think that's a good dynamic. I think it's really good to have a mixture of writers in a room because then you, you have to have an awareness and a sensitivity to... Um, and I'm not saying in a politically correct way. I'm saying in a way that's just um, human dynamics in a room. And also, you know, a joke works then. Exactly. You know, by the end of it, it's like, okay, we all, I, that struck a chord with everybody. Right. You know? Right. By the end of it. I would, I, I mean, I would love to see that, though, just uh, just that one, if you're in a room. In the room with the, with the black show? Or, yeah, you're on an all-gay staff, and you're like, and then you come in, and you're like, hey. This is the worst stereotypes ever. (laughs) I used to give certain sketch ideas to uh, Ian Edwards, was a writer, and I would give Ian ideas that I couldn't possibly pitch. And then he would pitch them and they would go through. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. It's so weird. What? (laughs) That's so weird that that, it's like it's still funny, but it just, what, coming out of your mouth, it it changes so much in that room. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it. It makes sense. I mean, we don't we take for granted that we do that. Yeah. You know, we like um I think that there's there's a lot of unconscious racism that goes on that we that we cuz we're progressive and we're all mature, cool west side. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, but but the truth is like, you know, you have moments where you pick your head up and go like, "Oh wow, yeah, you're living a different experience than I am in this." You know, you're a yeah. black woman writer. Like I hired this woman on this show, I was running the show last fall, and I hired this black woman as the uh, writer's assistant. And uh, she really had a hard time because there are a lot of references that go on that were just not part of her world. Yeah. And I had She's to. sitting there like Googling it and shit. Right. That kind of goes along with like, the whole testing thing. You know, the arguments they have about standardized oh, yeah. tests, how they're completely biased. Right. It kind of fits in the same way. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, black people really do show up late. You know, it's it's no joke. They show sure. up late for every fucking meeting, every TV taping. Like, sometimes a TV taping will start two or three hours late. Because And you got a union crew sitting there waiting, and they're on the clock, because that's just That's not culture. every black person, though, right? I mean, uh, every black show I've worked on has been CPT. <laughs> <laughs> Not every BPT, black comic. CPT, yeah. Every black comic. Yeah. Fuck, I, on my podcast, I have a running count. Every Wayne black Brady guest, is there on time. Every that. black guest <laughs> I've ever had on my show has been late. Really? really? Every single one. And you're talking like late, late. <laughs> You've only had like two black people on. I've probably had 30. <laughs> yeah. Every single one. I mean, I, I would say there's probably a couple of exceptions, but yeah. I just literally don't even plan on them being there until 20 minutes after we're supposed to start. And, and if this sounds racist, racism is when you when you make a, a thesis about something yeah. based on ignorance. Yeah. I'm telling you my human experience. <laughs> Would yeah. I have noticed it if they weren't all black? No, but they happen to all be black and I noticed it. No, because uh, even the, the black people late thing. How many white black people have been late to your podcast? 
you. <laughs> I was not late. I was on time. <laughs> um, Very on time. I had one guy. Uh, this was funny. I'll say his name. Um, oh, what the fuck? John. Matt. Uh, not Joe Matteris. No, John. He wears a baseball cap. He's kind of like the blue collary kind of Caparulo. Caparulo. Yeah. So he asked me if he could come on my podcast. We were both doing Chelsea lately together, and I'm yeah. like, all right, whatever. So so we set it up. We set up a time, and then it's eleven in the morning, and I'm at my house, and you know, you know how life goes. You have other things come up that you say I can't do it. John Caparulo's coming over for a podcast at that time. Yeah, right, right. So now it's ten of eleven, and I get an email from him saying, uh, "Hey man, traffic's really bad. Um, not not going to be able to make it. That's it's bullshit. a parking lot." And he and he's coming from uh, Encino, so I pull up on my Google Map, and there's like one millimeter of red line. The rest is fucking green. <laughs> so I write back and I go, "Well, it's okay if you're late." And he's like, "Ah, you know, it's just." Uh, he goes, "It's just um, geographically <laughs> geographically inconvenient for me." Oh. Um, sorry. Uh, he and then I and then he goes. If you want to come to my house, I'm in Encino. No! I'll be around all day if you want to interview no me later. No way. Yeah. That's bullshit. And, and yeah. what did you say after that? Fuck delete. you. <laughs> delete. Just delete? Yeah. Just that was to, it. Just to, that's what that was it. I'm to... talking about it on a podcast right now. <laughs> this is the first no, time. It's far from over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen him since, too, and we don't, we don't mention it. Right, yeah, because it's just too awkward. Well, about that's... to go on Chelsea and sit next to each other. What are you going to do? Yeah. No, you're not going to bring that that's up. That's probably the best way to do it. It's just like, all right, I'll just forget about it. That's it. Well, it's cool. it's almost like learned. the thing like, I know, and you know I know. Well, right. you got mad you at know? me for being late. I was late yeah, the other day yeah, yeah, for the podcast, but he gets like passive-aggressively mad at me where he writes Sometimes me. I get aggressive-aggressively mad. Yeah, but the other day you got passive-aggressively mad. Well, we had like six he writes, months he writes, He'll write you a million text messages. I don't. I write one or two. It was like six of them. And then while I'm driving here, and then, the, but they all have like a, he has like a, he doesn't want to admit it, he has a tone to all of his text messages. Right. And that's what it is. And then when I got here, I'm like, hey, I'm, um, are you pissed? I'm, I'm, he's like, no, I'm not pissed. He freaks out that, at the prospect that I was. That well, was the only reason I didn't let you know that because I was late the last time, even though that was our producer's fault. Yeah. And Tom. I, and I had zero problems with it. Right. Because you've been, I have late a, other so times. The reason I bring this up is other times we've problem. gone to. I'm this. usually not late, and I'm just not from here, and I got caught, and I was like, "Oh yeah, sorry, I'm I late." Don't, I don't. We, I we don't huge, need to go. When into people this. are late. It's a big deal. I think. I think it's a big deal. Look, can't I, we just both agree that you have the same beard? And you just <laughs> <get along>? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're the same person. Yeah. Uh, did you meet your wife in Boston, or was it New York? In oh, you was in New York, and you brought her here. I brought her here. Which that's the <laughs> smart way to go, because my fucking my dating life here has been astonishingly bad. I mean, yeah. I just moved here, I guess, two months ago, but I feel well, like you did it right. Yeah, I did. And, and you know, we'd only been dating for two years, and then I, I knew it was time for me to come to L.A., and uh, she's from Manhattan. She'd never yeah. lived a day in her life off the island of Manhattan in her life. And oh, wow. She's yeah. now 31. And so I said, you know, I want to move to L.A., and how do you feel about that? And uh, she was kind of on the fence, and then I proposed. And then she had to come. She had to either not marry me or she had to come to L.A. <laughs> Ultimatum. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a good, you know, I broke it off with somebody. And then I came here, and, like, I don't even know how to, like, this was, like, a couple days ago. I te like, I'm striking out so bad that a couple days ago I texted a girl, like, hey, we should hang out. She gave me her number. Nothing back. Two days later, I said, 
hey, we should go on a Halloween hayride together. <laughs> Which I went from like casual thing to like a like, thing you do three months in a relationship. Next, you're gonna yeah. propose like I went next from, year, yeah, right? Hey, will you marry me? Yeah, hey, you want to invest in this timeshare together? Let's I don't move to know New York how together. I went from that to that to that. I think that's that. not bad. I really think that you gotta come out of left field a little bit sometimes. Really? Because, yeah. Be yeah, memorable. Because, like, I was thinking about this. Um, I was talking to somebody yesterday about this, about being in a bar. And this bunch of women, and you know, some attractive couple you got your eye on, and you yeah. you want to go in, but how do you break into the circle? And I had this genius thought: buy a plate of nachos and just walk over and go, "How you doing, everybody?" Uh, I got nachos. I'm Greg, how about some nachos? <laughs> just say I felt awkward coming over here, so uh, I I wanted to come, you know, bring something to the table. That's a great That's idea. A great idea. So I think the hayride is in that same vein of like, come at it a little different. And all of a sudden, it's like... I just fuck it up, and I go to the next group of girls. I'm like, hey, so who wants to go on a hayride? <laughs> <laughs> like, Get the fuck out of here. Hayride's good. And what'd she say? She didn't text back. Oh, wow. Brutal. What a fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking bitch. <laughs> I mean, that's He's getting so mad cold. for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what? So you put yourself out there a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not like you if you texted her for the fifth time and you weren't getting it, yeah. then you don't text back. But you you just you, you email back, go like, I'm I got hay fever or <laughs> or even just say, you know what, I just started dating somebody. Whatever, but you don't just Yeah, not you respond. You don't be a dick about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little O C D and I, if somebody doesn't call me back, it can get in my head and just yeah. fucking spin around yeah. and be the That's thing. That's the I'm thing that for me is just text me back. Even if it was a rejection, just text me back. It's not a big deal. How long ago did you text her? I te- well, she gave me her number. Okay, this is it. She gave me her number Thursday. And she said, I don't know what's going on this weekend. I may be filming this thing, but I'll definitely she's let. She's an actress? No, no. She's actually she's director. Okay. She's like, I'm definitely going to let you know uh, what's going on no matter what. Two days later, no text. I was like, hey, just casually. Hey, how's it going? Nothing back. Two days later, hayride. That was like <laughs> yesterday. Nothing back. No, did you're you right. Just you- hayride? Yeah, I just wrote hey ride. Hey ride. And it's just a picture of my dick. Right. <laughs> just, like, just your pubic hair. <laughs> I just pubic hair. Actually, your, your beard would be a hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which hay do you want to ride? <laughs> right. So that, yeah, it was just uh, gone after that. So, But here's the thing with, with Dan. like You uh, should have uh, texted with the picture. Just a close-up of your mouth with your tongue sticking out with the beard around it. <laughs> hey, Ride? Question mark. <laughs> like, and, then you're, and then you're on the podcast like, I don't know why she didn't write back. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. I thought it was just cute. like pieces of candy corn right. in my beard. Yeah, right. <laughs> Here's the thing with you, though. If you wrote, if she wrote back to you and said, hey, I'm seeing somebody, you, you would have just left it at that? I would have. I've done it before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I Sometimes would've. you just if it's a ver- if it's a vaguer answer if she was just yeah. like I can't or she uh, no and then I would have kept going but if they said going. like hey I don't I don't really I really don't want to see anybody right now then I you would have been fine with that um, yeah. how are you with women before your wife I w- I was kind of um, were you able to close the deal or no I was like uh, kind of a flow guy I wasn't yeah. I didn't ask women out very often yeah. I would hang out with uh, groups of people and then I'd kind of peel off with somebody if it seemed like. Um, I think maybe I didn't have the confidence to just flat out put my myself on the line. Yeah. And uh, but I did well. I was a big numbers guy. I, I would. They were not quality, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> like a lot, a lot. What's the worst one night stand you've ever had? Oh God! There was a waitress in Princeton, New Jersey, at this club. There was a club at the Hyatt 
the calories yeah, that yeah. catch rising. Not star. there anymore? No, it's still there. Is it? Oh, is it? Is it? Yeah. It's probably still, still worse. I don't know if it's the same spot, but it's still there. And so she was the one that was like, you know, if you've been on the road enough years, comics talk, and you know when you go to a club who she is. Yeah. Who, right. Like, whatever the room is, there's a girl. She'll, you go, know on a, the... she'll go on a hayride. She'll right. Go, yeah, right. So I come in, and this girl's name was Kristen, and she had short blonde hair, and she was a uh, getting her degree in physical therapy. Great body. Like, really natural, kind of Germanic, fucking wide shoulders yeah. and big-breasted and, you know, good. Wholesome. Wholesome. And so... How's the face? Face was good. Yeah, you, wow. You need a good face to go with short hair. Like yeah, really you do. Short hair. Yeah, you do. And so uh, we all go out to, like, a Bennigan's after the show, and then we're clearly flirting... And then she says, uh, I say, you want to come back to my hotel? And she's like, I can't because I work there. We're not allowed to come back in. And uh, she goes, but there's like a back door. And you can, like she knew, <laughs> she knew how you could get in. Like there was a emergency exit you could open. She's like, but I can, I can grapple up the yeah. side of the building. And she's like, you in 413? That's where they usually put the comics, 413. And so, um, so I let her in. And she comes upstairs. And uh, she blows me. And then she <laughs> just right out. Did, well, like straight out. Yeah. Just straight right out. away. I mean, she was all business. She was a. Physical, was it a good blowjob? Yeah. Was it out? Come on. <laughs> no, it was horrible. <laughs> God, she was looking at me. And she kept punching me in the balls. <laughs> um, she, so then, but then, like five minutes later, she mounts me, and I didn't have recuperation time. Yeah, and I need I need a solid yeah sure thirty minutes yeah. So she rides me, and it was and this was not an issue I've ever had in my life was not being able to stay erect, but I couldn't stay erect, and she got really mad, like mad, and she punched the pillow next to me. Jesus, and left. Oh my god! Yeah, it, like, you're there the whole the weekend. Aspect like, she it? took the blowjob back. No, and she was there the next she night. Just it was like a Friday night. I had to go on Saturday night, but she was. She was like a dude, you know. Yeah. So I didn't care, but wow. I but I definitely was a long night of like. Don't girls know about the timing, the the, the grace period between the two? So I think some guys don't need that. Oh, I would. I need like at least. Oh, because you, minutes. yeah, you definitely. So she, you finished, and then she's like, "Okay, now let's do." It. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why it's called finished. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's not like I paused in her face. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And when you saw each other again, it was like business, just business, like, it's hey, fine. hey, what's up, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. problem. Yeah. She, yeah. she was onto the feature at that point. Yeah, I mean, it, it it was, there was another comic who told me like two weeks later, oh, yeah, I just hooked up with Kristen. I was like, oh, give yeah. me a break. Give me a fucking time out. <laughs> I wonder if she's still on the clock when she does it for the, for the. For the restaurant. There's a couple comics I check in with. Like, I was like, hey, you you, you hooked up? Because we were the same circle of, like, girls, I think. Yeah. Like, you hooked up with them, and they're like, yeah, watch it. Like, it's not even, like, yeah. it's not even jealous things. Because, you know, you know the type of girls no one's going to get jealous from. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're there. They're, they're you know, they're playing a career game. You know, every other a, comic There was a comic. When I was in, starting out in Boston, there was another comic. I won't, I won't mention who it is, but he's kind of famous. And, uh. Not Bill Burr. And uh, we, I did this gig up in New Hampshire, and I went up, and it, it was me and another comic, and we both hooked up with two waitresses. This was like New Hampshire, small town, yeah. just yeah. nothing happening in yeah. the town. So, yeah. like, everyone came out for comedy night. It was like... It's great. It was like feeding their souls. 
And then there were the the waitresses, and they were like, you know, chain smoking drunks. And me and the other comic take take them home. Like he goes to one house, and I go to this trailer. Yeah. And we get there, and the uh, we we get in. We got to be quiet because the kid is inside, is asleep in the next room. And this is one of the waitresses' kids. Yeah. Yeah. And so we go into the bedroom, and we fool around, and uh, she wants to have sex. Right. And I kind of realize like I don't want to have sex with this woman. Like because I'll fool the kid around factor with her. Or the, there was a lot of yeah, yeah, just yeah. The, the breath, the smoky breath and yeah. just it, you know It just sobered you up right away. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't wasn't drinking, but I just it, it just as a human being I felt I felt right. like I didn't want to go any deeper. And so she was trying. She was like trying to grab it and you know <laughs> It was like she was trying to stick a key in a door, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, eventually I was just like, I fucking left. So like three weeks later, I see this guy and he's like, uh, dude, I just did this gig in New Hampshire. Fuck this. Uh, I fucked this waitress. <laughs> I go, dark hair. He's like, yeah. I go, trailer. He's like, yeah. I go, kid in the other room. He goes, you fucked her. I go, no way. So we call the agent. Walked into that one. We call the agent and we go, uh, hey, um, we both, me and so-and-so both love that gig. We want to go up and do it together. So about maybe six months later, we drive up to the gig and we walk in the door and she's standing there, tray of drinks. And I want to say she dropped the tray of drinks when the two of us walked in together, but uh, I don't think that happened, but it was like, what the fuck? <laughs> the two of us, and we look down, pregnant. No! Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! This, wait, this is how long after? Is it six months? Oh my god! Uh, Fully pregnant, smoking, of course, and ready for this? Other comics slept with her again. <laughs> Swear to Christ. <laughs> In the car. <laughs> I wish I could know. Possible at that point. I don't know how. If she was six months pregnant. How was uh, that? Was there a chance it was his kid? Maybe it was four months, but I feel like it was six months. But it could have been his kid. Obviously. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. My God. Wow. Well, she's fucking that much. Well, I think she's. He's never been approached by her, with the child. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you don't think it's his? I don't know. Yeah. He did not use protection. Or she's having enough sex where she doesn't know and she can't accuse anybody. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. How are you? That's Everybody knows that dude that does that. It's like, oh, I'm just going to still go for it. Oh, this yes. guy was an animal. <laughs> this guy fucked his own cousin. <laughs> really? And a blind girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's just... And that's oh just warming up. I mean, <laughs> I can tell you stories all day. Oh, I can. Yeah. Can you tell us off air who it is? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you off air. All right. That's great. I have a guess in my head of I think who I think it is. But... Willie Anderson? Louis Anderson, yeah, exactly. Yeah. King of the hot tub. <laughs> you got to come over for a hot tub? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of stories about that. Yeah, that was his opening line. Oh, he tried that on you, too? Yeah. Louis Anderson he, tried he to steal the deal. How did he do Louis Anderson's... Something comedy show. It was back when it was like evening at the improv and yeah. there was a yeah. million other shows and he had one. No, no, he didn't say he didn't say hot tub to me. <laughs> he I did my set and then, you know, you shake hands and then the the camera pulls out and yeah. there's music playing. 
and he says to me, he goes, great job, great job. You have beautiful eyes. <laughs> I've never had a horse say that to me before. But then I heard, I heard from a couple different comics that his line was, uh, hey, you want to come over and uh, use a hot tub? <laughs> like somehow a hot tub is that novel that you would go like, oh, uh, you know, I, I guess there's no strings attached. There's I no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Just two dudes in a hot tub. Right. There's no big deal. And also, I feel like back in the day, hot tubs were like a big, a way bigger deal than they are now. Oh, yeah. It was like, oh, my God, you have a hot tub? I know. Yeah. I know. Hot it was tubs. like water beds. Yeah. And then they had water beds. And that was like, a huge deal back then. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell yeah. you what, though. I was living out here for a good 10 years wishing I had a hot tub. And then one day, we bought a hot tub. I've been in that thing all the time ever since. Is it great? Really? It's the gr- I had a bad back. I don't have a bad back anymore. Uh, I, and you know these L.A. nights where it just yeah. gets chilly? And like, no uh, matter you what you're wearing, the chill just goes through you. Go out, jump in that hot tub, look out at the stars. Yeah, it's nice. It's the greatest. That's I feel really like, nice. too, like if you're in a rut with your wife or your girlfriend, the hot tub, you guys immediately just hook up. Yeah. Because you're in a hot tub. Yeah, I think so. It's an aphrodisiac, yeah. that's what you're saying? Yeah, with the, the stars tub? there and the bubbles and shit. And my kids yeah. love it. I go out there with yeah. my kids and we, we, play, um, we play hot tub charades. What's oh, that? Oh, do you? Just, just charades, in a hot but tub? in a hot tub. Yeah. How are your kids so, doing? They're good. They're good. Yeah. How old are yeah. your kids? 14 and 11. Oh, cool. What do you think is the, uh, have you had any moves as a dad that you've made that you're like, oh, I should not have done? Or like, I, f- I fucked them up with this yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> did I? Why well, did I do that? I oh, think no. my son is, um, my son is officially taller than me. Yeah. Okay. And I've never hit him, and now I realize, like, that window is closed. <laughs> and so... So now I'm like, he's got more reach. He's got more reach, and he's an athlete. He's in way better shape. Yeah, right. Really. So I sort of feel like I wish. I don't wish I hit him. (laughs) You wish you had the option. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, yeah, because it really is very Oedipal. You know, he's like, he's like. Yeah, he could. You you don't think that you could fuck your son up? I feel like that you have like at least. Fighting experience. Does he have fighting experience? No. And you probably have, you, what you don't realize is you have dad strength. Like my yeah. dad, my dad was a, I guess basically looked like me, but he was like a really strong dude. No, it's not that I couldn't beat him up now. It's that he, the doctor said he's going to be six foot two. Holy cow. And I'm 5'8". Yeah. yeah. And five so eight it's like, well. you know, what I do now may affect how he treats me in three years. Oh, <laughs> so you can't hit him now because you see where the end is coming. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to uh, do a detente. Trying to create good relations in the future. <laughs> you want this giant on your side. What do you get right. pissed off at him for? Like your kids in general. It's just normal shit. Yeah, you know, well, it's 14 shit. I yeah, don't yeah. like when he talks to my daughter in a way that's disparaging because, you know, her she looks up to him and her self esteem is on the line when he says, You you do you're stupid, you did that. And I just you know, I had an older brother and I know how debilitating that is. So right. I'm, I'm that gets me that's probably gets me more upset than anything. But he doesn't do it very often. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things that think about how much different you think when you're a teenager. Like, there's no consequences for anything, and you don't you don't give a shit, really. No, this is weird. My 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 uh, my dad and mom went to like a cafe on Sunday, and they ran into a friend of mine in high school. We kind of had a falling out, and his parents and his dad was always kind of a dick. Mm -hmm. And he came up to my mom and dad, and he started like, "I wish your my son had had hung out with your son. My son's no good." He's no good, and I'm going to set him straight. And then my dad's like, oh, wow. What is he? So what is he doing? And he goes, oh, he's an engineer. <laughs> my dad's like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> he's like, he's comedian. doing funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Wow. And so he's a maniac. Yeah. 
And yeah, he was just a maniac. This dude. Wow. He was always kind of an asshole growing up. Some, I had a friend like that yeah. too with him. His dad and his dad would always give me shit. I think he. I really? think we. He was my friend. I won't say his name, but like we. He was the friend that you have a friend in your group that you always goof on. The yeah, guy you always make fun of. I was group. that guy. Yeah. Were you that guy? I'm still yeah. that guy. Now. He was the guy we always make fun of. He looked like Problem Child. Like he looked like the kid from Problem Child. Yeah. So he would just relentlessly just goof on this kid. I think his dad knew, and I think he thought I was like the leader of the group that would make make fun of him. Yeah. When we would hang out, so every time I was there, he would just like take shots at me and give me shit. Yeah. When we were in his house, and I was like, "You're 50. What the fuck are you making fun of a 15 year old?" Well, I think this for? guy was like taking out his failures on the son. You know, he had fa- he had perceived himself as a failure in life and then was or, taking it out. Or it was son. a guy, you said he was a dick, so, or it's one of those guys that nothing's good enough. Yeah. Like, you're an, enge- you're an engineer. Is and- it possible yeah, maritime he was engineer. just saying that he wishes back then that his son had been friends with you and it's not necessarily how he turned out now? No, because it, d- it didn't make any sense because the other group of friends, because we kind of had a falling out because this kid had a party and he invited one group of friends and he didn't invite the other group, which I was part of the other group. And we were more of like the drug guys, you know, yeah. and the artsy guys. And we're like, fuck you. And he invited all the preppy kids. Yeah. And he's like, he shouldn't have hung out with them. All those guys, some, all those guys are fucking <laughs> like Wall Street guys or yeah. doctors. They're doing great, you know. The, all the drug it now. No, the other guys. No, yeah, those guys. Like, guys. It's like some of yeah, those so guys. Like, worked out like my friend Zach are. is doing great. He's working at like a foreign policy institute. He always wanted to do that. But then I have other guys who are like still living with their parents. You know what I mean? And like you know, getting fired from busboy jobs and shit. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. kind of a high Wait, low. Where'd you grow up again? Uh, I was in New Jersey until I was like fourteen. Then I went to Westchester, New York. So it was what town? In Pound Ridge, which is like the my right. friend. Did we talk about this because I, I grew we up met, in Westchester. Yeah, yeah, I think we did talk about it. Westchester. Oh, Tarrytown. Tarrytown. Yeah, well, we talked about it. I think I wrestled against it. When I was them. eight, we moved up to Tarrytown. My yeah. wife's family is from New Rochelle. Oh yeah. Yeah, I grew up in Long Island. Yeah, it's great up there. It's great. It's nice. Absolutely great. It's like I miss I... I miss there way more than I miss New York or Brooklyn. Yeah. Like I miss that area. Well, that's also yeah. home. It's home. It's like it's a community like, feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a community, and it's like you know, Tarrytown is on the Hudson River. That's so beautiful. pretty. Beautiful. Yeah. It's like you know, and then you jump on the train, and it's thirty minutes to the center of Manhattan. Right. Yeah. It's a totally different. That's world why it's a good spot. Yeah. That's like yeah. New Rochelle. Even New Rochelle's not as nice as Tarrytown, probably, but it's it's nice enough, and then yeah. it's such an easy ride. Yeah. To you the city. you yeah. get off that MTA train, and there is just a peace that like, like even when I'm going to Mount Kisco or Katona. Which they're still towns. It's not like they're backwoods, but there's a piece that comes. Sorry, it's like bourbon. But the piece that comes in from when you step off that train, and you're like, oh, I'm in the Hudson Valley. I'm right. not. In oh yeah, right. it, oh no, it's, it's more relaxing. It's definitely yeah. more relaxing. And also, it's relaxing because you know you can get into the city instantly. Yes. Yeah. So you don't. Yeah, feel you're not like you're in the middle of nowhere. Dry in upstate New York. Yeah, exactly. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That, Did you get a lot in, in a lot of shit in high school or no? Were you oh yeah. Good kid? yeah. Oh yeah. I wrote a book about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had that. What's it called? I haven't read the it's book called yet. Called Dear Mrs. Fitzsimmons, and uh, it's a, a co- collection of letters, behavior reports, <laughs> clippings from the newspaper when I was arrested. Like every, <laughs> Holy shit! Every fucked up thing that happened to me my whole childhood is it was in a shoebox in my aunt's basement in the Bronx. And I found it, and I basically oh, that's wrote a great. book I gotta, about I'm gonna all buy the crazy it, shit it I this. did. And my kids are gonna read it. Yeah, you know, I have it and hidden then, away in my house. Yeah, and then there's no way because you've done all this stuff. How are they going to be like, well, Dad, you can't get angry right. at me. Well, well they read it. Well, they read it after the ages. That, yeah. What's the worst thing you think you did in high school? Oh, I can't talk about that. You get, <laughs> it well, was what's that the bad. Thing, what's the worst thing you could talk about? Um, don't talk about anything you don't want to. Uh, but. We'll talk that? about that's pretty crazy. Is that bad? <laughs> well, cocaine, I did cocaine in high school. I never was a hooker in high there's school. There's cases pending. That's why. The first time I did stand up, I was. 
I did a half a gram of Coke with my friend and drank some peppermint schnapps. <laughs> and I went on stage and I killed, but I was shitting on the teachers and they pulled my microphone halfway through. And so I, I yelled out to second So you did cocaine in high school before you went on stage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It was my first time. What a rush that was. And they, and they, I got on stage. I went out the side Your first door. time doing stand-up? My first time doing stand-up. And, and I, w- I went outside into the, you know, out the side stage door. And I remember jumping up and down, pumping my fists. Like, I'll never have a high like that high. Because I'd want to do stand-up since I was a little kid. Yeah. I was obsessed. I was spent all my time in the city going to stand-up clubs, the comedy cellar, and the strip. Yeah. And uh, it's all I wanted to do. And then I, I did it. And I was jacked up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fucking yeah! I did coke when I was like sixteen in high school, and then I remember we were like rehearsing some comedy thing, and I was like pumped up and giving notes for it and shit. But I, I don't think I could ever perform on coke when I was. I've never done coke before. I'm like, I'm it's great. It. It's awesome. I know. I told I. <laughs> I told my wife. <laughs> I told my wife recently. I'm like, I've never done mushrooms. We should do mushrooms, and she's like. What are you out of your fucking mind? Not doing mushrooms. Why wouldn't you do mushrooms? I, I don't know why she wouldn't. I was, I still want to do it. I've never done it. Yeah, it seems to me that you know uh, that you should try. If it's, especially with your wife, it's kind of like it, be it can fun. be a it can be a nice bonding. They they say like ecstasy is great to do, and, yeah. and uh, even LSD they say is really good for um, couples to do together. It's Have you ever done any drugs spot. with your wife besides like weed or anything? No, because I don't. Uh, I quit drinking like twenty years ago. And oh, okay. So I don't. Me- uh, I quit too. You uh, meetings guy too, or no? No. Nah, well, I early on I was. Yeah. Not anymore. But um, so I don't really do much. I smoke a little weed, but uh, yeah. With her, I think I've gotten high with her two or three times in my life. Yeah. I got high with my wife once, and I just started apologizing profusely. You did? <laughs> yeah. I, well, <laughs> I didn't know this. I, well, for no reason, because I was being, uh, yeah, it was the yeah. Creek in the Cave. No, no, I didn't the know The Creek that. in the Cave in, in New York has a show where it's called, like, what is it? Midnight, Midnight Run, Midnight right. Run, where you smoke a bunch of weed, and then you go up high. It's Andy Haynes' show, And actually. I went up, I had to go up first, and I smoked the weed. It didn't hit me, and I was up there, and I was kind of fine. And then out of nowhere, about 10 minutes after I got off stage, it went, yeah, hit me yeah. like crazy, and I'm sitting there, total silence, staring straight forward, not saying a word, with my wife next to me, and all I kept thinking, and I've never gotten been this high before, and all I kept thinking was, she's so mad at me because I'm not talking right now. Yeah, so I just kept on apologizing. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so, and she's like, it's fine. Will you stop? And then I'm like, okay. And I would stare for ten more minutes, and I go, listen, I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty weird. Yeah, it was hot pretty- is such a like a good high is really nice, but missing that high. Can take you down such bad hallways. Oh sure, yeah. yeah, it can get pretty dark. And you can't get out of it, and no. like you're self conscious, and and you're like at an event where you realize, wow, I could have really been enjoying this concert, and instead I'm fucking trapped in my head right now. Yeah, right. What what, what events have ru- like, you think like drugs completely ruined your time that night beforehand? Oh, um, well, one time I was on mescaline, and we had taken the uh, <laughs> oh, train shit. into the city to go to the. It was the 4th of July, and we were going to watch fireworks. Already terrible idea doing mescaline in New York City. <laughs> yeah, but the, 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 uh, mescaline's all about colors. Yeah. So we were going to go see the fireworks. Yeah. You know? And we were going to Brooklyn, so we had to go through Manhattan to get there. And uh, I got it in my head. Like, I had to pee really bad because we were drinking beers, beers on, on the, the, me- on the yeah. MTA. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, you know, to the point where your bladder is going to burn, where you're yeah. bent over forward. And I just said... All right, guys, tell me where it is, and I'll meet you there. And I got off the subway Uh. on, like, you know, wherever. I can't remember which street it even was. I didn't know the city that well. And uh, and so I I just 
try I tried to go to Brooklyn. I couldn't find it. I ended up taking the train back to Tarrytown, tripping, and it was crazy. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, all alone tripping on a uh, fucking train. What kind of stuff were you going through during this? Like, what kind of thoughts were you having? Well, it's it, it's did it, you it get hypes paranoid? you up? It yeah. makes you hyped up. I've not never so much, done mescaline, so not so much. It makes you laugh a lot if you're with people. Yeah, <laughs> but it makes you a little bit dizzy, and yeah. you see a lot of colors and and all that. But um, they say it is actually just acid. It's a type of acid. Yeah, the time I did acid, I was so fucked up from everything else that I don't remember because I at that point I'd already drank. I think I talked about this on podcast. It was at that gathering of the vibes. I used to go to a lot of jam band shows, and I drank <laughs> like a fifth of Jack, and then I started drinking Captain Morgan's. And at that point. As soon as I get out of the car, my friend tries to, first off, no, I jump out of the car. The car was going 30 miles an hour, and I jumped out and rolled down a hill. And my friend came up to me and is like, no, no worries. That's my, my friend, alarm that my. Oh, do you have, oh, to, you have to head out? I got five minutes. Right? Okay, you have five. five. Well, anyway, he tackles me on the ground. I punch him in the face. And he's Holy like, fuck shit. you. And then later in the night, after I already drank, I'd take, I'd done, I, I just took a, somebody sold me a gram of Coke. I did it right there, the whole gram. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you did acid. I did acid. No, then I, oh, so it was booze, then Coke, and then I dropped acid. I wow. bought acid. And then by the end of it, all I know is I blacked out and I woke up in a drum circle with Korean drummers. <laughs> and I was shirtless, just fucking beating the drum. I thought I talked about this. I think you might have. And then I woke up again because apparently my friend tried to bring me back and I slapped him. So he threw me in his trunk and he just punched me like twice. And Holy I woke shit. up and then Jesus. he was, I didn't know why he wasn't talking to me. And that's, you know, why wow. it was. You know, that's insane. But it's still, it's a fun that you time had to live it because it's such a good story. Right, exactly. You you know? I still haven't told it on stage. Maybe I need to find the beats in there or something. You know? Well, <laughs> I, I think it, it, it's more of a screenplay. Yeah, <laughs> just that whole night. Just, just that whole up. night. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm gonna do acid and I'm gonna do uh, mushrooms. I wouldn't do acid. No, yeah, or I'm, uh, probably mushrooms. too old for acid. Right? Yeah, acid. Can, yeah, you really. Well, can I thought. Detach. I think that's why my wife got pissed. I think she thinks I'm too old. For I'm 36. I would say mus- mushrooms, even ecstasy, they say, is a lot of times is not ecstasy. It's meth. Or heroin. And- right. Oh, really? Yeah, so I wouldn't do ecstasy. I would say mushrooms and uh, what else to say? And Coke. I- but Coke, I don't even know, because I feel like you have to get. He's, you know, like, we did it, though, when we were. You know, in our teens, I feel like you started yeah. it as like a thirty-six, yeah, Coke would be, guy. Yeah, that would Don't be. Think weird, of it think. starting. Think of it as trying it once. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Yeah. I guess listen to right. me. Listen to me. I, I'm sober, and I fucking I have kids that are teenagers. <laughs> and you're telling him to do coke. Uh, you're telling a guy in his mid thirties to do it. Is, uh... <laughs> yeah. You know what? You're right, Greg. On your word, I'm gonna start doing it. <laughs> He's going to show up on my doorstep in a year. Yeah. I'm fucked up, looking man. Like, looking like Johnny Appleseed. He's just, All right. You're going to come out one day and be naked mowing your lawn yeah. on acid. Oh, man. Well, the dude. Korean people playing drums. <laughs> dude, you're so great. Thank you so much yes. for having me. I want to make sure you, you don't so get much a for ticket. Doing this. Yeah. Um, this is, we, we have no idea when this is coming out because it's like your thing where we backload a couple. And we're oh, well, a... just, you know, Fitz Dog Radio is the podcast. Check it mm. out. It's up twice a week on iTunes and. Uh, at you on Greg Twitter? Fitz show is the Twitter. A great fit show. At great fit show. At great fit show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, your book. Yeah, get the audio book at my website, fitsdog.com. Listen to it. That's the best way to do it. Cool. Sounds awesome. good. Right. Dude, right. thanks so much yeah, for, thank for you, coming. Man. Thanks for having me. I really treat. appreciate it. This All was right. really, this is awesome. Thank okay. you. Thanks for listening to the My Dumb Friends podcast. I'd like to tell you where you can see our 
hosts performing live this week. Dan St. Germain is doing shows all over the Northeast for the next couple weeks. Wednesday, December 10th, you can see him at the Syracuse Funny Bone. Thursday, December 11th, he's at Lot 10 in Ithaca, New York. Friday, December 12th, he's at Binghamton University. And Saturday, December 13th, he's at Cavellos in Utica, New York. For more details, go to dansaintgermain.net. Sean Donnelly is performing in and around New York City this week at places like the Broadway Comedy Club and The Stand. For specific locations and times, go to seandonnellycomedy.com. And now myself, Thomas Attila Lewis, the producer of the My Dumb Friends podcast, I have a couple shows to share with you. If you happen to be in the Berkshires, you're in luck. On Friday and Sunday, December 12th and 14th, you can see me performing in the Pittsfield Town Players production of Christmas Time in the City at the Whitney Center for the Arts, where I will, yes, be performing Christmas jokes. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Christmas jokes. Clean Christmas jokes. But thankfully, there's a break from that, because Saturday, December 13th, I'll be featuring for Hari Kondabolu from FX's Totally Biased with Kamau Bell. And that show is at Mass Mocha in North Adams. Yes, the Massachusetts Museum of Contemporary Arts in North Adams. That's Saturday, December 13th. You can find out more info at tomdog.com. Thanks again for listening. Please write to us at mydumbfriendspodcast at gmail. Follow us on Twitter at dumbfriendscast. She said no father I know when I've been beat And I still have another round left in me So lift me up